Hey everybody! Before we get started today, Al and I wanted to tell you about some exciting things happening here at our network, Word Salad Productions. We at Word Salad are now on Patreon at patreon.com slash wordsalad, and we've got big stuff in the works over there. By supporting our network, you'll get regular access to patron-exclusive content from CadaverCast and our sister podcasts, quote-unquote guilty, the countdown movies and TV reviews, and dealing with Philip. And you'll also, as a Word Salad patron, be entered to win various raffles and giveaways. Anything you donate will, of course, go toward keeping the Word Salad content coming, as it does cost real-life money to keep podcasts going. And as always, at CadaverCast, we pledge that any money our podcast brings in over basic upkeep will go into a college fund for Alistair. What do you think about that, Al? Very good. And our first patron-exclusive bit of content is in fact a huge one, an international production mashing up Cadavercast, quote-unquote guilty, and the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcasts. It's a special horror-themed episode, and we really think you're going to like it. What's more, if you head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad and contribute during the month of October, you'll be entered to win our October raffle, and Al... Why don't you tell our listeners what they'll be entered to win? A Batman statue. A Batman statue, that's right. It's a Batman Q-Fig statuette. Alistair has one himself that he keeps above his bed. And how cool is it, Al? So much cool. You heard it here. It's so much cool. You definitely want to be entered to win this. It's a tiny Batman on top of a walk that looks like a bird. Yeah, that sounds like so much cool to me. Yeah, it does to me too. And if you want to see how cool it is, you can hop on over to the Word Salad Twitter page at Word Salad Pro on Twitter, and we have a picture of it up there. So head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad today and become a patron of Word Salad Productions to not only gain access to exclusive content and potentially win cool things, but also help out this little guy. His name is Al... That's right. And once again, head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad if you want to help us out. That's right. Thanks. That was so much fun. Jeff Burnham. And I'm his mom, Amber Burnham. And I'm just Joe. Whoa. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hello. What's she doing here? You tell her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That sounds like Daddy tells me what to do all the time. So what are we here to discuss today, Alistair? I don't want What did we do all day yesterday? Monster movies. So before we get into discussing an entire day's worth of monster movies, let's talk to our guests for a minute, get everybody introduced here. You obviously know us, or you don't, because this is your first time listening to the podcast. I don't know. Al's four years old. I'm 32. Now, Amber, you have to say your age. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. It's the podcasting law. (laughs) When someone asks you your age, you have to answer. (laughs) Yes, you do. But yeah, so we are joined today by Amber, my wife. Hi, dear. Hi, honey. And also, Joe. Hi, dear. Hi, Joe. <laughs> so, today we are discussing Cadavercade for the final chapter, which is a thing you don't know about, but you soon will. If you listen to our preview episode, episode zero of Cadavercast, then you know that our name, the name of our podcast is taken from a horror movie marathon that we do at our apartment every year called Cadavercade. And we wanted to do a wrap-up summary kind of thing for Cadavercade 4. 
As Al said at the beginning of the episode, this is a very special episode because we are in fact splitting the topic of today's episode between Cadavercast and quote-unquote guilty. So this will be part one, discussing the earlier features in our marathon, which Al was there for. And then part two will be over on quote-unquote guilty, and we will do our best to have those up on the same day. I think we can orchestrate that. Yeah, Joe? Yeah, uh, quote-unquote guilty is my guilty pleasure podcast. So I've wanted to do an episode about Cadavercade since basically we started and we were looking forward to what was going to be coming up this year. So uh, the idea to do this as a podcast uh, came up well before Cadavercast was even uh, a glint in the eye of young Alistair. So it's really exciting to do our first official crossover episode. Like you have to actually listen to both parts to get the full thing. I like that. That's amazing, Joe. I'm amazed. Well, thank you. I aim for amazing. <laughs> well, Alistair feels that you managed it, so. <laughs> that's all I need. That's all the, Life done. That's done. all the justification I need, really. So, yeah, this was our fourth Cadavercade, fourth official movie marathon that we've done. We've done a bunch. I mean, we've been doing this for years. Oh, yeah. Ever since Joe and I lived together in college, we've been marathoning monster movies around Halloween. But this is only the fourth year this has been an official thing, and Alistair's only been able to be around for two of them now, thanks to some very clever programming. So before we dive into our actual discussion, what we're going to do is run down the programming for the day, and then we'll talk about just a select few of these, because Al only watched a few of them in their entirety, and he was napping during some of them, and some of them we're going to kind of skip over discussing in any detail. And let's do that really quickly. So our first movie yesterday was Hotel Transylvania 2, which was followed up by 1962's Carnival of Souls, then Frankenstein meets the Wolfman from 1943, slash 1942, depending on whether or not you're looking at the back of the VHS case or IMDb, Grizzly from 1976, then we watched a Christian scare film from 1999 called M1028, then we watched Shark Attack from 1999, Pieces from 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing, and 2005's Santa's Sleigh. Ending off the night with a little bit of Christmas getting mixed up in our Halloween, as inspired by any number of department stores which are currently, and very sadly, selling Christmas decorations during the month of October. <laughs> so, Alistair, which ones are we going to talk about today? Transylvania 2, Carvel of Souls, and Shark Attack. Yep, and then we'll mention briefly a couple other ones. Uh, and then the rest you can find us talking about on the second part, which will be on quote-unquote guilty. So we'll talk about Carnival of Souls first and kind of save Hotel Transylvania 2 for last. And we'll probably talk a little bit about Carnival of Souls on quote-unquote guilty as well. So here I just thought we would get Alistair's opinion. Al, what did you think about Carnival of Souls? It's the one... With the ghost zombies. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That, that yeah. pretty much encapsulates it, yeah. What did you think of the movie? It was like a dream about every zombie movie. Oh, it was like a dream about zombie movies. That's interesting. How so? Because it was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Word of the day, folks. Amazing. It's amazing. So what happens in Carnival of Souls? There's ghost zombies everywhere, all over the town. The ghost zombies keep making everybody not here, but the people who not here hear the other people talk. But the one lady who gets killed by the ghost zombies is the one who does know how to hear. I see. So, yeah, what we have here is some ghost zombie kind of things, right? And it's and it's ambiguous. I mean, it's... Yeah. We don't know what they are. We don't know what they are. We don't know whether or not our protagonist is even alive from the start. There's ambiguity surrounding the whole thing. I think it's pretty clear she's dead from the start. I mean, she's in a car accident at the beginning, yeah. and then and then this is all some kind of weird purgatory or something for her. Yeah. That seems to be the What's idea. What's a purgatory? That's a place between uh, when you're alive and then wherever you're supposed to go when you're dead, which is not necessarily good or bad. It's just somewhere in the middle. In Carnival of Souls, 
She has a dream about real zombies. That's actually a dream that she doesn't know. But those things she was dreaming about was real. Oh, are you talking about when she's in the car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, when she's up on the lift and they're checking her transmission yes. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She was sleeping in the car and she had a dream about real zombie ghosts. They were pretty spooky, huh? Yes, they made me almost fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> they were so scary, I almost passed out. That no, is, that's a ringing they, endorsement. They, they almost made me fall asleep. They were so scary, they almost made me fall asleep. How does that work? Because they're so scary. <laughs> if they were so scary, wouldn't you be fully awake and scared? No. It's his coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets so it, scared, he has you, to take a nap. Is it because you closed your eyes? No, my eyes went crazy. His your eyes, eyes went crazy. Went crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I almost fell asleep. Yeah, it was flopping around at the end of the movie. It was awkward. Because my eyes went crazy and I almost and fell you asleep. You almost fell asleep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 we, we, we picked up on that part. Amber, had you ever seen it before? I don't think so. I say that and he looks at me. <laughs> I've never watched it with you, I don't think. Okay, so. well, see, that's that's the little bit about us is apparently I forget a lot of movies that Jeff has shown me over the years. So sometimes I have to think about it really hard. But no, I had never seen it before. So what did you make of it as a film that is celebrated as this weird little indie piece of um, sort of women's problems filmmaking? It also comes from Utah, if that matters to anybody. <laughs> if we have any listeners in Utah. My brother. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. He's Shout in Utah now. Shout out to my now. brother and uh, Julia. Yeah. There. Hey, guys. This movie's What's made up? in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's probably very much what you're experiencing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't know. I didn't necessarily get any of that, I guess, because... Well, it's, of course, about women's problems in the 1960s, right? When women were still being diagnosed with hysteria. Anything wrong with a woman is something that's wrong with her body. That men don't have these problems. That it's only only women's problems. But they are forced onto the women by the men. And I think the movie really pretty clearly shows us that. That these men are actually the cause of her problems. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely... Definitely see that. I mean, you, you've got the creepy, you drink coffee Ghost. with me, so now we have to magically be together. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you have the doctor who is, you know, convinced she's crazy. Even um, though he just establishes that he's not a psychologist. He's doing this is, this is, is true. He's like, <laughs> he's like a podiatrist or something. It's like, you're a crazy woman. I can see that. He's a professional woman berater. Like, he's like, hey, come into my office. I'm just going to yell at you for a while. You don't like being around people? What's wrong with you? Um, and then, of course, you have the the reverend who yells at her for playing what I assume was carnival music on the organ. It was something uh, secular, and yeah, he got very was, upset, yeah. I think she um, was playing the Kenny Loggins song, Footloose. <laughs> Inagata de Vida. <laughs> I think it could have went farther, even. Oh, sure. But I, I still feel like her voice was not there in the film, even though we're seeing, okay, she's got these issues, and obviously these men are the stem of these issues, but... I didn't feel like, I mean, she kept saying... What's the stem of the issue? They caused it. Yeah. They're causing her problems. Because she would be content, you know, playing organ and being by herself. But these men are making her life worse by forcing her to adapt to their expectations of what a woman should be. She did go a little crazy. She did have what would be classified as, at the time, hysteria, which of course now would just be people driving you insane. But I felt like her voice could have been a little better if you really wanted to push those issues a little more, given her a stronger voice. Sure, but I mean, that's also part of the problem, right? Is women mm -hmm. didn't have a voice. And she tries to explain herself to people, but they just don't want to hear it. You know, she tries to tell people, well, sometimes I just want to be alone. And they're like, well, I don't want to be alone, so you must not want to be alone. You know, Why like, are you they're... so weird and wrong? Yeah, and then as soon as she wants to, like, be around somebody, then they're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's time to smooch. So, Alistair, here's a question for you. When you were watching the movie, 
what did you feel was the reason for the the woman in the movie? I apologize. I do not remember her character's name. <sighs> me If she even had either. one. She might not have one at all. <laughs> um, what <laughs> do you Kubelik. feel was her reason for feeling the way she did, especially at the end when she was obviously very upset? Because nobody wanted to meet her. Because no one wanted to meet her? Or nobody wanted to hear her problems to fix her problems, and everybody thought she was just a liar. Oh, interesting. So you, you feel mm. like nobody was listening to her. They, mm-hmm. they were, weren't taking her issues seriously. Because she had two sets of issues. She had the problems which were perceived by others as interpersonal problems. And then she had another set of problems, which is zombie ghosts chasing me around and nobody can hear me talk or acknowledge my existence problems. Two very different sets of problems. The second making it much harder for other people to accept that there was the first set of problems. Because obviously if she's seeing invisible ghost zombie men or something like that, then she must just be crazy. Must be hysterics. She was actually seeing the things that she know that was real. She was dreaming about something that was real. It was at least real to her. The humans were saying, be careful. There's zombies and ghosts in your real life. Be careful. Be careful all day. Okay. Well, we'll probably talk more about Carnival of Souls in quote-unquote guilty. So, Joe, I'll have you save that opinion for then. If All right. that's cool. We need to, because there's one very important thing that I want to talk about with Carnival yeah, of yeah, Souls. Yeah. And there's, there's something in that movie that we cannot talk about on a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so we'll talk about that there. And we are also under a bit of a time crunch recording this, because Alistair has to go to... My classes. What classes? Ballet. Ballet. Swimming. Swimming. Yeah, so... Different places. Different places. Other things. Various stuff. Miscellany. Yes. As a four-year-old, Al has a much busier schedule than I do. (laughs) So, the second movie we'll touch on, again, very briefly, mostly because Al went to take a nap during this one, so he didn't even sit through all of it. But we watched Frankenstein Meets Wolfman, uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, and that is one that we have talked about doing on the podcast at some point, because Al and I are big fans. So, maybe just look for more discussion on that at a future date. But, Alistair, do you have... Monster movies? Monster movies? What about them? Monster movies are spooky movies, to say. And if they are the same monsters, it would be horror boring. Horror boring? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that's your thoughts on Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? If Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and every other has the same monsters as that, it would be boring. Oh, so this one you're saying is, by contrast, not boring because it's kind of the only movie that, at the time, had two monsters meeting up to fight. At the end. At the end. Yeah, they do fight only at the end. It is spectacular, though. Yeah, Holy it's a great cow. fight. They, um, they come to life, but they don't fight because they don't see each other in a long time. Yeah, they don't fight until the end of the movie, uh, mostly because, actually, uh, Lawrence Talbot, who's the Wolfman, and the Frankenstein monster are working together for a while. So, that's interesting. Well, we'll have to talk about that once you've actually watched the entire movie (laughs) in recent (laughs) memory. And we'll do an episode on that, as we mentioned before on a previous episode. So, we'll do that, and we'll definitely do an episode on House of Frankenstein also. That's another mashup one. But when they work together and then split up again? Well, that was stuff you were sleeping during. So maybe it's best that we move on, huh? Because otherwise I'm going to have to explain the movie to you and you could just watch the movie and have more fun than if I was sitting here explaining the movie to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. So then the next movie we watched... Actually, ooh, I got the order wrong when I read them off at the beginning because we actually watched the Christian scare film uh, while Al was sleeping as well. And then watched Grizzly after that. So we had swapped those around in our schedule. But then we moved on to Grizzly with Alistair. And we could talk about it here, but our very last episode of CadaverCast was about Grizzly. Entirely about Grizzly. So I say go back and listen to that. 
But while we're here, I want to get Amber and Joe's thoughts on Grizzly to add on to our own from our episode. Sound good, Al? Yeah. What do you guys think? I, for one, thought it was spectacular. I mean, it had a spectacle to it. There was, you know, monsters and, you know, puppet hands and people's limbs flying off. It was just crazy to watch. It was a lot of fun. I admit I didn't watch all of it. Oh, yeah. No, you I, weren't. Alistair and I were, <laughs> were decorating sorry. our Halloween cake, which I am guessing Jeff will put up on the Twitter page or something. I'll so put it up on our Facebook. Facebook. I'll do that on our Facebook. <clears throat> so you can see a nice picture of the cake that he and I were working on during this. It's got fondant ghosts and brownie tombstones. That's very cool. But, um... And skeleton hands and skeleton boots made of white fondant, like the ghost is. That's true, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, what I did watch I thought was quite entertaining. Uh, it was surprisingly gory, but it was, you know, filmed in a time where that was still okay, I suppose. For is that rating. 70s PG? Yep. <laughs> you gotta um, have the parental guidance. But even this second time around, Al again pointed out, and I don't know if he remembered that he did this the first time, too, but Al, at some point during the movie, he goes, Orange blood? That's fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. it definitely wasn't super realistic at all. Real blood is red, not orange. It's a movie made for me because I could not tell the difference. (laughs) (laughs) It looked pretty red to me. They was not trying to make it look like real blood to make it look like fake blood. You don't think they were trying to make it look real? Yes. Well, they might have just not had quite enough money to do exactly what they wanted. Okay. They did have some pretty good effects in there, though. One that I don't know if we talked too much about on the other episode about Grizzly itself, because I've not edited that part of the episode yet, (laughs) is the kid's leg popping off. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I liked how the movie, like, pushed those boundaries where we have, like, anyone can die. Anyone can be a victim in it. So, yeah, there's a child, there's several women, you know, main characters get killed off. A horse. <laughs> it's just... The kid doesn't die, though. That is a nice touch that they come oh. back and tell us that the kid didn't die. Oh, like, I must have missed that one. I yeah, he said, part of him's alive. I like because he said part of him is alive, but we don't know which part is alive and which part's dead. Do you think... <laughs> so? I think the leg, leg is dead and the other part is alive. I think that's safe to say. I think it would be weird if his entire body but his leg was dead and then his leg was still alive. I don't know... How that would exactly work, but... I don't think it could. I I think they might have been saying that his body is alive, but the trauma is so much that his life will never be the same. He'll never have a normal life. I mean, if I got squeezed so hard that my leg just popped right off... Because we don't (laughs) see the bear, like, rip his leg off. He just gets a bear hug, and then his leg is just gone. Like, it was just like, boop, pops right off. (laughs) Come here, Al. Let's try it. Let's try it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Al's leg popped off. (laughs) Oh, yep, there goes his leg. <laughs> there goes his leg. Oh, but the blood is orange, so that's... Yeah, the blood's orange. He's faking it. He's faking it. His blood is orange. totally faking it. I almost got it. Oh, it was so close. So close. Because you almost bought my sideburn. <laughs> Speaking of almost got it, let's move on to a movie that doesn't got it. I don't know. Is that a good transition? I don't think so. We're going to talk about... what you're talking about. No, it's not. It's a bad bad transition. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about Shark Attack for a minute, because I don't know if I can take it. Uh, Two (laughs) years ago, we watched Shark Attack 3 Megalodon, which is one of the most spectacularly hysterical bad movies ever made. It is a masterpiece of bad film. And we decided, since we watched Shark Attack 3, that we should probably watch Shark Attack and Shark Attack 2. Joe decided that we should do them in reverse order. So last year we watched Shark Attack 2, which was unmemorable to such an extent that I am the only one of the group who remembers anything about it. And my memory of it is there's a place with scientists and a kind of sea world and the protagonist has dark hair. Possibly. Possibly. Doesn't ring a bell. Maybe. Don't know. And it was really unmemorable. And so this year we finished up with Shark Attack and... It was the black hole in the program this year. (laughs) I found it impossible to look at. 
Joe, you were looking at it and yeah. I don't, I don't know how you did that. Cause every time my eyes went to it, I would just sort of slide off the screen. It was like the image was slippery and it just made my eyes keep moving. It, uh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Felt like it didn't count if I didn't watch it. So I was at least looking just at it like the whole the time. Just like the ghost zombie movie did to me. <laughs> yeah. Cause your <laughs> eyes went crazy and you almost fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I watched the whole thing, but I would be hard pressed to tell you much about it. There's Casper Van Dien and, uh, his dead friend's sister. Girlfriend. Slash girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> they were very close. They seemed very close. Winston was there. Yeah, Winston from the Ghostbusters. Ernie Hudson. We know his name. And, um. He was one, I think, a bad guy. Yeah. Main character yes. act first? Yes. Yeah, he turned out to be in, you know, behind all the nefarious stuff they were doing to these sharks to make them more aggressive and cure cancer, maybe? I, I don't know. <laughs> give people cancer, cure it fast, give it back? I don't know. But it sounds like it would be a movie about sharks, but it just isn't. Not much shark attacking in Al, Shark Attack. Al had a thought on this before we started recording. Al, what did you say about the movie? It was boring. Boring why? Because it was called Shark Attack, and it didn't have much shark attacks. I know. It's that a pretty nightmare. much sums it up right there. It's called Shark Attack, and there's not very many shark attacks. That's all my questions I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Alistair. Yes. Shark Attack or Sharknado? Sharknado. Why? What makes Sharknado better than Shark Attack? Because Sharknado is... A Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot argue with that. No, Solid argument. Valid point. But what about Sharknado 4 with the uh, Cownado? Shark attack. We've already had our uh, heated <laughs> debate over this, but do you prefer Sharknado 4 with all the different kinds of tornadoes, like the Cownado and the Rocknados, or do you prefer Shark Attack? Sharknado 4. Okay. Well... Shark Attack was boring, but Sharknado 4 was painful for me to watch. It was it was like <laughs> driving nails into my eyes. It was a good movie, because every time <laughs> it keeps changing to different ones, and it even catched the lightning, and it became a lightnado. See, Joe, you watched Sharknado 4 with the wrong mindset. Yeah, you, you have to be watched it as an adult old, yeah. and not as a four-year-old. <laughs> No, I would definitely watch Sharknado or Shark Attack every day for a year if I never had to watch Sharknado 4 again. Well, you don't get to make that deal. I don't think that's how that works. But well, if you want I to also hear, don't have to watch Sharknado 4 ever no, again. You don't, you don't. So, I don't I really need to do I, If either. you don't need, if you don't want to, you don't need to. That's correct. But one day Al's going to be bigger than you and he's going to tie you up and make you watch Sharknado 4. Man, one day Al's going to be bigger. I'm going to tie him up and make him watch Sharknado 4, and we're going to settle this thing once and for all. <laughs> yeah, well, I can watch it better than you, because I don't like bad movies. You do like bad movies. No, I don't. You like terrible movies. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't like Shark Attack, because it's a horrible movie. I don't like it either. It was quite See? dull. See <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I'm not... What? I don't know. <laughs> Stop it. Stop making me feel bad. You hurt my feelings, Al. No, you are hurting your feelings by asking my questions that I was going to say like you are making me bored and yourself. You're not making any sense, Al. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> and now everyone sees the conversations that happen every time Joe and Al get together, folks. Which you can hear more of <laughs> if you go back into the archives of our podcast and listen to the quote-unquote guilty episode on Sharknado, which Al and I were on. And then we also had an episode of Cadavercast on Sharknado The Fourth Awakens that got quite heated. It's good fun. What, do you don't think they should, Al? Joe just asked a literally funny question. <laughs> Literally funny. It was literally funny? Yes. Cool. Because you asked, that was much fun, and it was not. <laughs> Bye. I'm not going to do this. Well, Alistair, you might want to do this for just a little bit longer, because we're now moving on to the last movie we're going to discuss on part one of the Cadavercade wrap-up, and that's Hotel Transylvania 2. 
This is a movie you've been waiting all year to watch. Because the thing is, I should mention with Cadavercade, the way that we program it is we choose movies that either none of us have seen or that if we have seen it, it has to be in a new Blu-ray transfer of it. But uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 is a film that Al's wanted to see for a long time, but we saved just for Cadavercade. So Al, you want to get us started talking about Hotel Transylvania 2? Yes. It's about a hotel and a Dracula ruling this hotel room. Yep. So Dracula is running the hotel, and he was running the hotel in the first one, too. So what makes this one different from the first one? Because in the first one, they didn't have a baby, and Dracula's kid didn't move away. Yeah, so this one is about how Dracula's daughter married a human, or she marries the human in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. first scene. That's the first thing that happens. She marries this human who is her boyfriend by the end of the first movie, and they get married, and then they have a kid. Yeah. So then what happens with the kid? And it's a... The, the debate is, of course, whether or not the child is a human or a vampire child. He just randomly turns into a vampire. Way in the movie. I don't know, like Spoilers. 55 minutes into the movie. It's further than that. It's the yeah. very end of the movie. Yeah. Which, Again. if you've listened to Cadavercast at all, you would know is something we cannot avoid. Getting into the end of the movie before we talk about the beginning, really. <laughs> so, the only time we've managed to avoid that is with Grizzly, because I forced Alistair to. <laughs> Otherwise, we skip straight to the end. Yeah, we talked about the beginning. They get married. Yeah, the- <laughs> they have a kid. Yada, yada, yada. The kid's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens in the middle? So, we don't know if he's a vampire or not. And nobody knows. They don't know if he's going to be a vampire or if he's going to be a human because they don't... See the baby. Well, they see the baby, but they, <laughs> the kids don't grow their vampire fangs until they're five, I guess. Yeah. Or by five. By five. So you still yeah. have a little bit of time, Alistair. <laughs> if you're going to be a vampire, you've got a little over About six weeks or so. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Let me see your fangs. How do you think they're coming? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you might be a Dracula. You might be a vampire. They're looking a little sharp. They are kind of pointy, actually. You thirsty? You want me to get you some blood? <laughs> you want to chase mice? Fine, I guess so. <laughs> Fine, you guess so? Oh, he sounds like a vampire already. Yeah, he sounds a little too excited about it. He's like, I've always waited for you to ask me this question, Dad. They're coming they're, along nicely. They're already fully grown. Fully grown? Uh, well, you can't drink any blood with those teeth. Look at that. They don't come out far enough. Oh, they got to be really long so you can get into the neck. Like that. Ouch. (laughs) Now you have Dracula fingers. So what else happens in the movie? What would you like to talk about with Hotel Transylvania 2? Or maybe you have a question about the movie for Mommy or Joe. Mommy, I have a question for you. Yes, dear. Do you know why Dracula's girl marries a human? Well, because I am guessing that she loves him and she wanted to marry him. She didn't care that he was a human. Even though she was a vampire and he was a human, it didn't matter to her because they liked each other and they got along together. And so they decided that they wanted to get married. Which is very different than how your mother and I came to be married. (laughs) It was a dark, dark story. Blackmail was involved. You bought her for a goat. <laughs> Your mom had a knife. She was like, she's like, I'm going to cut you. You don't marry me. It was very rude, but you know what? Does that sound like Mommy Alistair? And she was like, I'm either going to cut you with this knife or I'm going to use this knife to make you really good food. And I was like, well, I'll take the food thing. Then we just did that forever. <laughs> Joe benefited from some of that food in the beginning, too. Yeah. Still do. Every (laughs) once in a while. Does that sound right? No. No. No, 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 no. Well, you weren't there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, you weren't. (laughs) You were not there, dear. Yeah. Well, Daddy, you were not there either. Oh. Where were you? Maybe I could get this thing annulled. No, (laughs) Bonnie was getting married. To a ghost. Okay. 
That makes the rest of my life kind of dark. Was it I'll was it Slimer? Fan fiction about yeah. your marriage. It might have been Slimer. Yeah. Alistair, does that mean you're half a ghost? No, you're half a ghost. Oh, touche. <laughs> the ultimate rebuke. Sickest comebacks. Tune into Cadavercast every two weeks for the sickest comebacks. <laughs> no, you're half a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joe, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was an absolute blast. I mean, I was surprised at how much I liked the first one last year. And, uh, you know, a lot of sequels don't really measure up or try to do the same thing again. But uh, I thought it was really clever and funny the way they build this world and the way the various monsters interact. I just, I was constantly laughing through it. It's really fun. Well, and these movies are created by Gendy Tartakovsky, who created Dexter's Laboratory. He also did the original Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons, those little like 10 minute ones. Those are really cool. And they had very little dialogue. It was mostly just fighting. Oh, and uh, also Samurai Jack. Duh. Wow. Wow. So it's legit. I mean, he's he's the man. And I actually didn't have any interest in seeing these movies because Adam Sandler. And that's the only reason I need. Until I heard that Tartakovsky had made them. And then that was that was enough for me. Because it's Adam Sandler and the whole crew. You got Kevin yeah. James and David Spade and Steve Buscemi. So, yeah, that's probably but Steve why Buscemi I, is yeah. a, a different case. He's, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's always in the Adam Sandler movies and never utilized to his full potential when he's working with Adam Sandler. So that was why I always steered clear as well. But uh, these are definitely the best Adam Sandler movies in, I don't even know, 15 years. <laughs> been a long time since he's made something worth watching. It's not like the first one because it's not very funny. You didn't think this one was very funny? No. Because we were laughing quite a bit. I just thought it was not funny. Like oh, the first okay. one. Okay. I mean, you were laughing, though. I was laughing a little bit. No? Okay. So I guess it doesn't hold <laughs> up to the first one. According to Al. You're making this a real downer, man. <laughs> we finally build up to the movie I thought you'd be most excited about, and you're like, not funny. <laughs> First uh, movie, it was it was so good it made me fall asleep. <laughs> so, was there any funny parts in the movie at all? There was some funny parts. Can you tell me one of the funny parts? I don't remember any. Do you remember when the blob had a squirrel inside it? <laughs> yes, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, and one of the funny parts was when the blob got hit by a tree and he put his helmet on and he hit <laughs> Yeah, the, that's Yeah, good you stuff. were laughing pretty hard at that one. The, the yeah, blob stuff was pretty funny. Yeah. If you watched it again, I'm sure you would realize that it's funnier than you think it is. Maybe it's one of those ones that it just gets funnier every time you watch it. It might be that. Yeah, it might be that. It may also be that, because there were some jokes in there, I think, that were for moms and dads. Mm -hmm. Definitely, for sure. Um, So, you know, older he gets, I think he would actually, it's definitely got rewatchability. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I would watch both of them again. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably go back and rewatch the first one here before the end of the month. Maybe we could do a podcast of both of those, number one and number two. Yeah, a more detailed review down the road? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a good idea. You know, maybe give it a little bit of time and then go back and cover them again. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the interest of time here, Alistair, so you can get off to your ballet lessons, let's move on to Beastly Best. For our guests here and anybody listening who does not know, the Beastly Best is the moment that you think is the coolest monster moment in, in this case... All of the movies we watched. Normally, it would be just whatever the one movie we're talking about is, but now you have the full reign. You can choose the beastly best to be a moment from Hotel Transylvania 2, Carnival of Souls, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Grizzly, or Shark Attack if you really want to. Who should go first, Alistair? Mommy, because he's never been on a podcast. That is a very good idea, and that makes you a really polite co-host. Mommy, what do you think? What was the beastly best of the whole, well, <laughs> I was going to say the whole day, but the beastly best of that whole section of our screenings? I liked the transition uh, that they did in the beginning of 
Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, where oh. Lawrence Talbot turns from Lawrence Talbot to the Wolfman. I felt that that transition was done very nicely, and for you know what they had, it was still quite spooky even today. And it wasn't over the top. It wasn't in your face. It was just very calm and almost like he was just staring at the moon, going, "Oh my God, here it comes again." And it, and that in itself made it very spooky to me. Yeah, it's a simple fade, mm-hmm. you know, cross-dissolve, rather. It's a cross-dissolve between him in an earlier stage of makeup and then in a later stage of makeup. They would film it and then cut, and then he would go put on a little bit more makeup, and they'd have him in the same position, and they would just, you know, dissolve the two shots so that it looks like it's just appearing on his face. Yeah, it's really subtle, really cool. I agree. Even though I thought the movie overall was kind of slow, the fight between Frankenstein's monster and the Wolfman in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman was pretty epic and amazing. So seeing those two square off, even though they'd been allies the entire movie and they were working together to try and, uh, you know, let the Wolfman die peacefully and break this curse. When Frankenstein gets juiced up and freaks out <laughs> that's, yeah, and that's takes the girl and the Wolfman, you know, embraces the wolf and comes to her rescue and their fight. I thought that was pretty epic. Yeah, the monster drinks a bunch of Surge, and it's just overload. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a cool shot in there that I had not noticed when Al and I watched it before, which is when the castle is being flooded. And it's the very end of the movie as they're fighting, and we don't really see who wins because the castle is flooded and water rushes through the place. But the water that's rushing over them in that last shot sort of clears away for a split second, and you see the wolfman on top of the monster just pummeling him in the face, just fist raising up and crashing down on him. And it's a split second, but it's so cool because that's the last we see of them. Yeah. The whole sequence is awesome. When the monster throws that piece of equipment with the wolfman on it, it goes flying across the room. (laughs) Oh, man, that's cool stuff. Who should go next, Alistair? You. Oh, me. Okay. Well, I'm tempted to do one from Grizzly because I still think that Grizzly (laughs) delivers the most amazing things. But I'll try to veer away from that a little bit and maybe go with Hotel Transylvania 2. I think the climax of the movie, which you were talking about, Alistair, is really cool when the kid suddenly turns into a bat because he realizes he's a vampire and he starts beating up all these giant bat monsters. That's really cool. And it becomes a huge battle scene, which is centered on this five-year-old bat boy punching these bigger bat monsters in the face. And he destroys these dudes. Yes, he does. <laughs> My DC best, I'm going to go with Transylvania 2. Mm-hmm. What part? I like the part where he waits till his vampire teeth go, and he, like, yells at the guy to stop beating him up, and all the others fly. That's My beastly best. So the same scene that I just said. Yes, okay. At the starting of the 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 beginning of the scene. Okay, yeah, in the very beginning when he first turns into a bat and punches him in the face. That's a, that's quite a shocker. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a a great moment. Because I think even up until that point, it could have gone either way. Mm -hmm. I think the movie was building up very nicely to a point where it didn't matter if he was a vampire or not. You know, and they'd really set that up thematically really well. Yeah. Yeah, I could not have predicted which way it was going to go until it happened. I mean, I had a feeling just based on the way kids' cartoons tend to go that he would have some sort of hand in defeating these bat monsters, whatever that is. But whether it was as a human or as a vampire definitely was was very difficult to figure out. I mean, I... It was up in the air. I tended to lead toward human. Yeah, we had some you nice know? moments with his... I guess it would be his great-grandfather, who's voiced by Mel Brooks. Which yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> that was great. a great but, reveal when he first yeah. spoke up. <laughs> Him coming to the realization that it's okay if he's human, that was actually a really sweet moment. I knew the whole movie he was going to turn into a vampire. So I, I don't agree with you. You knew the whole movie? When the daddy told the kid that he would well his vampire teeth. Oh, just because Dracula thought he was going to be a vampire, you assumed that Dracula must be right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's one way to go, sure. Turned out to be true. I yeah. expected some sort of, like, vampire-human hybrid. 
Yeah, me in too. In the end, mm-hmm. like he was gonna kind of have vampire abilities that manifest, but he it was gonna be like a blade situation where he has none of their weaknesses to sun or something. It was gonna be some sort of hybrid between the two. But uh, no, they just went straight up vampire, and that works because it like it establishes very well in the movie. It doesn't matter if he's a human or a vampire somewhere in between. He still has his family in this community, so it's really great. It's time to get spooked. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do you want to explain to Mommy and Joe what Get Spooked is? Get Spooked is the part where the spooky moments you think is the happy movie. <laughs> yes, the spookiest moments. And again, you can choose from any of the movies that we've been talking about here. What was the spookiest moment? Who should go first? Mommy. There was a very spooky moment slash character in Carnival of Souls, which I imagine you guys will touch on later. So yeah. I will avoid that one. I would agree uh, that that's probably the spookiest and yes. listen to quote unquote guilty for and more you, on that. You, you will hear that one uh, discussion terrifying. on that one later. There's a scene, I'm still going to go with Carnival of Souls here. There's a scene in that movie where the zombie ghosts, I guess that's what we're calling them, are dancing. But the way they filmed it, the way they had it going, it was yeah, very fast motion. fast motion and choppy. And it was just kind of a very eerie, spooky little dance scene that they had going on there. And it wasn't like super speed. It wasn't double speed. It was like they filmed it in maybe rather than 24 frames a second. They filmed it in 18 or something like that. It wasn't 12. It wasn't double speed. It was somewhere in between. So it was like 18 frames a second. So it was enough faster that it looked inhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, your turn. Well, obviously I was terrified by the coffee guy in Carnival of Souls as well. But um, I'll go with uh, a Hotel Transylvania 2 moment. Ooh. When Dracula is desperate to get his <sighs> grandson's oh, yeah. uh, abilities to manifest... He takes them to this camp where young vampires learn how to be vampires, and they have this massive tower that they throw vampires off of to make them learn how to fly. Like a bird would throw its chick out of the nest, so it learns how to fly. So the moment where Grandpa just walks up there casually and throws little Dennis off of this thing (laughs) made me really uncomfortable. (laughs) It was really really hard to watch because he's just so nonchalant about it. He's so absolutely sure that this is going to work. (laughs) The other monsters have the appropriate reaction, the audience's reaction. And Drac is just, eh, he'll get it. Everyone takes a second. (laughs) It took me this long the first time, too. And then at the very last second, has to go down and save him. But him just casually tossing this child off of that thing. Pretty good. Tossing a chick off a nest. Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly something that I did with Alistair, which is why he's a ghost now. (laughs) Half ghost. Yeah, half ghost. Half ghost. Because because his leg is still alive, technically. The rest of him's dead. His leg's still living. No, that's not true. You are the one who's dead. (laughs) Classic Alistair Byrne. Only on the inside. (laughs) No, on the outside and the inside. (laughs) All right, so am I going next or are you going next? You. Okay. Well, my spookiest moment will have to be from Carnival of Souls. Which one, though? That's the trick. One thing that bothers me, I don't know if this is exactly spooky in the traditional sense of spooky. But there's the scene where the main ghost, who's the director of the movie, is underwater. And we see him underwater. You guys know what I'm talking about? You remember that? He's like laying on his back underwater. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really creepy shot. Like, what's he doing there? Where is he in relation to things? He's just underwater somewhere being creepy. I don't know why. But then he opens his eyes. And so not only am I creeped out, but then I'm also concerned for the director's, like, as a human being, his eyeballs. Because... That's probably salt water. Yeah, well, I mean, it is Utah. It's so. Utah, yeah. And those were salt water lakes yep. and stuff that were around there. But even if it isn't salt water, that water is dirty, like straight up dirty. So it bothers me on two levels. <laughs> One, it's spooky. Two, I wouldn't open up my eyes in those waters anyway because it's just dirty. There's like garbage floating around in there, like right in the frame. That's a double whammy for me. It's understandable. Alistair, it's your turn now. 
I'm gonna go with Transylvania two. Okay. The spookiest moment to me was with when the family pretend to be zombie. It spooked me out. Oh yeah, when they were acting like zombies, yeah, they were pretty convincing. It spooked me out. A lot of good zombie stuff in that movie all around. <laughs> and, of course, uh, the father was played by Nick Offerman, who is awesome. He's from Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get a good zombie moan in here, Al. If you were in that family and had to pretend to be a zombie in order to trick a Dracula, how would you sound? That was pretty good. Subtle. Yeah. Subtle. Nice. I'm spooked. You don't want to overdo it. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't want to come out with a brains. Yeah. More brains. That's like blah, blah, blah to zombies. Don't say brains. (laughs) (laughs) We can't even say it. We can't even say the word. Well, I think that brings us to the end here of the first part of our Cadavercade wrap up. Tune in to quote unquote guilty to hear the second part in which we will have completely different guests. Well, I mean, I guess that's not, that's well, not entirely well, a couple true. Of different guests. A couple different guests because I will be on that as well. Yeah. But Amber and Alistair will not. They are off. So you can find us on social media around the interwebs. We are on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. That's where we're probably most active. You can find us on Facebook at cadavercast, one word cadavercast. And there we post pictures and things. We will have a picture of Alistair's drawing of Grizzly that should be up by now. And of course, picture of the cake that Amber was talking about with the white fondant ghosts and the brownie tombstones and the like. And if you want to email us, you got any questions or anything, and if they're really good ones, we'll definitely try to answer them on the podcast. You can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. And that is one word again, cadavercast. Joe. Where can people find quote unquote guilty so they can listen to the second part of this? Um, we are everywhere Cadavercast is, I think. iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. And uh, Blueberry, probably, since we randomly ended up on Blueberry. Oh, I haven't mm. gone through Blueberry, but it's just on there automatically. Yeah, we just we just were. Yeah. Okay. Maybe on there too. I have no idea. But yeah. My personal tour is at play underscore architect and yeah, look us up at quote unquote guilty, because that episode should also be live now. What's your Twitter handle? The podcast Twitter handle is at quote guilty. Boom. So, Al, it's time to sign us out. You've been listening to Cadavercast. My name is Ashley Burnham. I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And I'm his mom, Amber Burnham. And I'm his good friend, Joe Sanders. Good friend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm his honorary uncle, Joe Sanders. And we want to thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.